Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast with Merlin Shree. Hello, it's good to be with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to talk about the fact that we are just a few days away from a whole new year. Wow. 2022 is coming. 2022. Yeah. This was like the year that all of the futuristic movies that we watched as kids was like written in. Thanks, babe. We all feel so old right now, <laughs> but that's the truth. It really it is. is. We are in the future. We're in the future. Do you um, look as good as you imagine? Well, you know, that reminds me. There was this song that a friend of mine loved by um, like a prophetic psalmist and he used to sing you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you look right now (laughs) and sometimes we actually look at one another and we're like we're living the prophetic words that have been spoken over our lives from like 20 30 years ago and it doesn't feel the way the prophetic (laughs) word thought it would feel like when you got the word you got all the goosebumps you're like whoa that's amazing and now it just feels like work sometimes yeah but it is God and it's it's like those little thumbprints those little markers of the Lord saying, yeah, you know, like it's not as easy as you thought it'd be, but it's a right, you're right where I've called you to be. Yeah. And it's encouraging. Yeah. I was actually driving yesterday and I was thinking um, way back to one of the first like significant prophetic words I felt like I had received about like ministry and my calling and like, and thinking about that word and just like how, Um, like that word was actually giving me direction today in, you know, just in the last couple of days, like as I was driving, like it, like it was one of those words that it was kind of like you could um, discern forward. Like it was like how to make decisions, you know, moving forward. And I remembered that word and I was like, man, you know, like, okay, that applies, you know, to, to this season right here. And okay, like that, that's good. We're going to go this direction. We're going to move this way because of that, that word that I, had received back. I, I, we were, I think I was in a, a teenager. I don't even know if we were married. Wow, that's so cool. And I think the thing is, is like when you receive a word, you write it down. You know, you you ponder it in your heart. You judge the word. Is this a word that's already speaking to things that are in my heart? Is this a word that like, wow, God could do something this is so far out of what I would think would be possible. But when the moment comes where that word rises up and it's mm. like one of those, this is that. This right. season is that word. It's just like this moment of affirmation in your spirit where you're just like, wow, God, you put me here. I didn't try to come here by my own effort, by my my own strategy or planning. I obviously steward the word. Yeah. You pray for it. You know, you, you ponder it. But like God is making the seasons and the times of your life happen. Yeah, and you couldn't make it happen. No, you can't make it happen on your own strength. But isn't that so interesting? Like with the prophetic, that happens so many times that like, you know, you wind up being in a place that you recognize and you're saying, oh, this is that like Peter did, right? Like he stands up and he's talking about Joel too. Like this is that when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Like this is that 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 was prophesied by the, the prophet Joel. Yeah, well, I think... You know, so many times people, and, and I know myself, you know, sometimes even like we get a prophetic word or we, we get a, a prophetic impression or someone prophesies over us, you know, if, if you're in a ministry circle that that happens often and you're, you hear a word and you're blessed by it or you hear a word and you just have a question mark with it, like how is that going to happen? Like what, what, you know, what is this thing, <laughs> you know? And I think, you know, we can almost feel the burden of like, oh, if we don't do everything right, like it's not, that won't come to pass. But in truth, like it's not 
us that brings a prophetic word to pass. It's the Lord, you know, um, and so many times in our life, Sharia, you know, we have had this, these things happen where it's just like, you, you feel like you're going a completely different direction than was prophesied or promised to you. And then in a few short seasons, like the Lord brings you back around and all of a sudden, like you're in this place and you're like, wow, like God has actually brought all of this to pass. Mm -hmm. He's brought this kind of full circle and I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it's kind of like that Joseph moment where like he had these dreams as a young boy of, you know, the stars bowing down to his star or the sheaves of wheat bowing down to his sheaf of weed. And, and, and then he goes through all this trial and trauma and like, you know, it looks like those dreams are completely gone, like not even in contextualized in his life anymore. Like there's just absolutely no way that any of that could come to pass. And then, you know, through an act of the Lord and him being faithful in his giftings and, and serving where he was and even serving like a pagan king, you know, with the giftings of the Lord, like God brings him to second in command in the, in the nation of Egypt. And here comes his brothers to bow before him, right? And here comes his father, you know, then eventually to come in and, 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 and be there. And Joseph's able to say, I didn't do this, but God did this. You know, he brought right. me before you guys to preserve life. And I think that's really like kind of the hallmark of some of the prophetic, you know, that we, we've experienced too, is just there's absolutely no way that we could make anything happen, you know, with some of the things that have gone on in our lives. But Yeah, I'll, I'll give a really practical example. I remember God was giving us a very personal instruction in a season when we were getting ready to buy a property and someone who knew nothing about what we were planning gave a really specific prophetic word for us that really shifted our strategy with what type of property we were looking for. And at the tail end of that prophetic word, right, for our home, yeah. yeah, there was a message about doing like movies. And we were like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> that's so random. But but the first part of the word was so like spot Specific, yeah. on. And we were like, well, you know, anybody can get it wrong. But we weren't like, oh, we bind that word. That's a false word. We were just like, well, Lord, that's really interesting. You're not going to go out there and get an, you know, an agent and take acting classes, you know, but you're going to say, okay, God, you see what happens. And a few years later, yeah. People, you in, in a couple years later, in two different instances, people called you and said, we want you to consider to do this role for us. It had nothing to do with you trying to now change your whole life and stop doing <laughs> ministry and do movies. Right. But it was just this opportunity that when it came, you would normally be like, I have never taken any classes in this. I didn't study this. Why right. would I say yes? And like put myself in this really potentially uncomfortable position of doing like it a film being actor, and being right, an right, actor right. and all that criticism but that word of the lord yes stood up and was like this is that right it was like a marker for you to take it seriously and really ask the lord if this is something you had to do so this right, is a right. totally <laughs> random thing it's not part of our discussion at all it was unplanned <laughs> totally but i think it's how you steward prophetic words where you're not trying to twist god's arm to make the thing happen you're just faithfully serving yeah. In the places he's called you to serve. And we've just come out of the Christmas season, right? Where, right. you know, and I'm just reminded of Mary's response to the angel saying, let it be unto me as you have said, yeah. you know, and then also like when the wise men came and, and, and the Bible says in Luke that she cherished these things in her heart. 
And so like, I think that that's really what it means to steward the word of, of the Lord. You know, when a prophetic word comes and you know, it's God, you know, let it be to me as you have spoken, you know, I, there's, um, you know, obviously she stayed in a humble place and she kept her heart right and all that kind of thing. But like, there's this place of like, God, you make this happen and I'll, I'll be ready to step into it. Like I'm willing, I'm a willing vessel, but I can't do it on my own strength. Right. And I remember a friend of mine saying, um, she would have like these just crazy confirmations in her life. Like, you know, the stuff you read about in books, like prophetic instruction from the Lord and dreams and confirmations. And I'm like, I, I remember sitting there and looking at her and being like, how can you guys even ever mess it up? Because it's like so <laughs> obvious. And she turned around and looked at me and she was like, Shree, because we needed that word in that mm. season in order to go forward with what God has called us to do. And I think the sobering thing is that sometimes when you're called to just be super vulnerable and take these big steps of faith, you need the word of the Lord in your life that's going to help like keep you in the guardrails of where God has you because it never feels like the word. It always feels like faith when right. you're following Jesus. And this just reminds me, us, and I'm going to just... Taylor, this yep, right into on. what we plan to talk about today, which is we're getting ready to, to enter into a new year. And I always feel sober minded as we end the year, just as we get ready to launch into a new year, because I, I feel responsible, number one, for the things God has called me to do, mm-hmm. the last instructions he gave me, mm-hmm. the community and the responsibilities he asked me to serve or to steward or to lead, whether they're as you know, as simple as how am I maintaining my relationship with my spouse? How am I uh, raising my children? What's that atmosphere like in my home? Whether there is just like simple as that or how am I managing my finances to like how has God told me to manage my time? Mm. Did I serve where he called me to serve? Or did I just like check out because it got too busy or too intense? Or did I did I go for it or was I just comfortable being passive? And so these are things as I get ready to go into a new year that I just start to like, not in a place of judgment, but just to sit before the Lord and say, God, before I jump in in the new thing, mm-hmm. talk talk to me about the old thing. Yeah. So how do you do that, Shri? Because like I've, I've observed you do that. Uh, you do this well. Um, and I love the calendar for those of you who don't know, my uh, wife yeah. made a calendar uh, yeah, that specifically, <laughs> you know, after being frustrated with trying to find a calendar that kind of fits the way she thinks and the mm-hmm. way she plans and the way she hears from the Lord, yeah. you actually went on and you made a prophetic calendar for yourself for this coming year. Yeah, I did. And um, if you, I'm sure we can put a link to it in the show notes, or if you want to uh, reach out to Sheree, you can get a copy of it, I'm sure. But um, talk, talk us through your process. Yeah. Like right now, we're a few days before the new year. Mm-hmm. You know, the world does, you know, all this, this kind of like, I'm going to make resolutions and, and that kind of stuff. But what, what is, how do you process with the Lord going into a new season? Well, one of the things I do is I've always had an element of journaling. So I'll, I, I think for the last few years, it was actually like the behind the door that, where's where my clothes were kept in our bedroom and I would have like you know floor Mm -hmm. to ceiling on that door just verses that God gave me or anchor words that he gave me throughout the year or when I I heard something or I received something from God and I knew oh like this one is this is a biggie I'd like take that put on sticky note stick it up there so that I was seeing it often and I think one of the things is is we often just like hurry past 
the things that God is wanting to really highlight and we don't take them as weighty things. We don't, we sometimes are really flippant, number one, with the word of the Lord, number two, with the things he's saying to us Mm. because we think, oh, maybe it's just myself or maybe it's just my imagination. But like God really wants to talk to you. He really wants to father you. Um, he wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. And I believe he's always talking to us about for us, for what we're coming. Like, that's what we believe. Like I, I always get great inspiration from the fact that in Genesis, it said like the father would come and walk with Adam in the cool of the day. You know, and I, I I just picture him being like, Hey, how was your day, Adam? Like what happened? And did you think about this? And and this is something I just want to give to you. And and I feel like God wants to do that for each one of us. And, and mm. Jesus modeled that. What did he do? Like, yeah. he withdrew often into the wilderness. Like, even away from the crowds who wanted good things. They wanted healing, you know, mm. deliverance, the word, the good news. They were there to receive the good news. How dare he leave the people he was called to to go away to the wilderness to be with his father. And so I think we have to take note of those things that God is saying to us. So whether you put it on sticky notes on your wall or um, in a journal. (laughs) Yeah, or put it in your smartphone, open a document, you know, however that looks like. But some way keep track of the things God's saying to you because there will be times when that word will be tested. Mm. And you're going to have to know the word of the Lord that answers that test. Sometimes we're more familiar with our own demons and issues than we are with a thing God wants to build in us. Mm. And so, you know, I think that's one of the first things that I do. And I wanted to read here out of Habakkuk 2 where it's saying, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I am corrected. And then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Mm. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. But the proud... His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And I think there's this thing about the living word, which is what we build our faith around. We're not trying to force things to happen. We're not trying to make them happen, but we're living by faith and we're going up before the Father and saying, okay, God, what do you want to say to me in this season? Yeah, I think it's really important that faith element, like so many times people I've observed and in, in I've observed people like receive a prophetic word and they immediately want to put it in boxes in their mind. They they want to put it into this linear progression of thought like, okay, God said it, therefore this is going to happen, X, Y, and Z. And they get their ideas of how it's going to happen. It's like, this is what's going to happen. And, uh, uh, you know, as good as it is, there, there's the element of saying, oh, God said it. So it's, it is going to happen in terms of trust. If you judge it as a true word. Yeah. Right. But yes. then like there's all the how that works out, you know, many times is just very different than our own expectations. 
And there's there's this element in the prophetic of walking in faith, like yeah. even you know, like faith is still required, even if you have an accurate prophetic word. Like faith is still required, Preach. and like there's this place of saying, okay, God, I'm going to hold this tentatively before you. I'm going to like just because I have this word doesn't mean I deny everything else you've told me in the past, and and I I you know deny the the character with which you've required me to walk and all those kind of things. But I like there's this place of of tentativeness before the Lord to say, God, like I'm here, I'm just a vessel, I'm just your vessel. I, I understand my weaknesses, my tenacity, my uh, you know my tendencies, and and but I come before you, and that that place of offering our hearts continually on the altar to the Lord, I think, you know, is part of that faith journey in order to see the promises fulfilled. Um, and I think maybe we've spoken about this in another podcast. If we have, uh, forgive me, but this scripture in Psalms 105 verse 19, it says, uh, speaking about Joseph, it says, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Oh, and so there's this place, you know, where, you know, the word of the Lord that's on your life, the call of God that's on your life will test you and it will, will, you know, it will prod you and poke you and, mm-hmm. and, and we, and you go through things that, that are, are going to cause your character to grow to the place where you can sustain the promise of God for your life, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, sometimes you walk through seasons of trial and testing. And I think, you know, if you, if you look at Joseph's life, you know, some of the depths of, of challenges that he walked through were to prove his character for reigning, you know, as second in command and to be gracious and to be good and to be, uh, you know, just and, and to be able to forgive his brothers who did terrible things to him. Right. And so I think there's this place of like staying humble before God. And, I, you know, there's this I don't, in this season, Shri, you know, with looking at the new year coming up, like I just feel this call to prayer. I feel this call to like just to be before the Lord, to be resting in his presence, but also to be calling out in prayer and in hunger, um, hungry for the things of God for this new year. Um, and and just, you know, I, I get tired of unanswered prayer in the sense of sometimes we can pray about things and we can just be flipping about it, but we don't actually push through mm. in prayer, you know, and, and I remember like, right, the, like the, the older generations might understand this language of you got to pray through. And really yeah. what that means is like praying, like just continuing to pray and to uh, push through, like continue to pray without ceasing until there's a sense of release from the Lord mm-hmm. and how like, even Finney, like Charles Finney, like he would, he would go home, like he would encounter somebody. Uh, and he, he talks about this in some of his writings, like he would encounter, uh, someone who, who's, who just didn't care about God and didn't care about the state of their soul. And he would go home and he would pray and he would pray all night long until into the next morning. And he would pray until like, there's be this sense of relief of like, Oh, this burden is no longer there. Like pray until the burden lifts and you know, he would come back and and meet that person later and they would have given their lives to the Lord. Like, and just, and it was as a result of him praying, you know, pushing through until there was that sense of relief or that sense of release from the Lord. Like, okay, you don't need to do this anymore. I think sometimes we, we, 
don't carry that much anymore in terms of just daily life and prayer sometimes. Um, and I think there's a call to that again, of just coming back into this place of saying, I'm going to be burdened with the things that burden God's heart. Like, God, what is on the burden of your heart? And I'm going to continue just to pray. I, I just feel a hunger for that activity mm-hmm. again, coming into this, into this new year. I mean, really, like, if we believe that prayer works, right, we owe the world answered prayers. And I think that that's just this place of like, yes, God, we want to we hear what you're saying, what you're, is on your heart, and uh, applying our spiritual energy to those things. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. I think um, as I'm preparing for the new year, I always want to ask people, like, what did you do with your last word? You know, did you just abandon it? Did you quit it? Does that mean God no no longer wants you to do that thing? Like you got to resolve the words that God has given you, the last instructions mm. he's called you to do. Because so many people, they're just wanting to jump into the new thing and mm. they never finish the old thing. And and you need to ask God, God, I never felt followed through with that. You know, like, forgive me. I want to treasure the word that you're going to give to me. I want to, I want to steward it and I want to work the ground. So show me what it is that you're calling me to carry because there is a question for many of us and how we how we apply our time and how we serve the Lord and it's an old time question is is there a, is there a fire on your altar? Mm, and talk about that. That's an old time way of saying like is there a sacrifice on your altar to the Lord? Because in our modern expression of service we want to give God out of our extra time. Mm. We don't want it to cost us anything. Out of our excess. Out of our excess. We, we want to give God our, our service um, to our community, to our church, to our worship. Should it, it, you know, we want it to be convenient, not when we're tired, you know, so tired. I, I can't serve the Lord this way. Or, or you know, boy, that's <laughs> going to cost me some money because I can't pick up that shift because of the commitment I made to my church or to the house of prayer or to my worship team or to... To my small group. Come on. And then, so when we're talking about fire on the altar of sacrifice, it's showing that God, you are preeminent above all things. Even in the, how we give, in our giving to the Lord, giving in our tithes and our offerings, is there fire on your altar? You know, are you only ever giving to need or are you giving out of honor to the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, these are challenges for us. Um, if you recognize that your attitude has been like, well, it's no longer convenient for me to serve, well, then you're just serving man. You're not serving God, or you're just giving God a really cheap offering. Mm. You know, yeah. and there's a principle about worship that it needs to cost something. Mm-hmm. That things that are free usually are cheap, mm. and things that cost energy or time or finances are costly. And why did Jesus remember the woman who poured out? The two pence. The, yeah. No, not the two pence, oh. but the the um, perfumed oh, the oil, oil yeah. on him that was worth a year's wages. And he she was preparing him for his burial. Mm. Um, and people said, why did you pour out this costly? Don't you know you could we could have made money doing this over here with it and fed more of the poor? It all sounded good. But it was a costly sacrifice mm. that was um, honoring to the Lord and not the cheap sacrifices. And so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about, like, is there is there a fire on your altar? Mm. Like, have you just done mm. what is simple? I remember uh, one of the, the fathers in uh, Southern Africa talking about, um, he was a, a statesman, he was a stately uh, uh, person, but he talked about, you know, a family altar, like 
as mm. you, you know, building a family altar, which was for him and his family was like, I think it was like 5 a.m. prayer, you know. Wow. Um, and, um, but just this place of having that altar in your life that is a real practical place of serving the Lord. But I like what you say, Cherie, that like what is free is cheap many times. And um, obviously not with the grace of God, but in the world. But so I think it comes down to like, how do we value our time and how do we value what we give to the Lord? Like, do we see gathering and and not just going to church on a Sunday morning for the sake of going to church, but gathering, gathering with friends, gathering with life, with life groups, small groups, gathering as believers. So, right, like being the church, right? Like, do we see that as part of our service to the Lord, you know, or is our service to the Lord built around our own convenience. Yeah, yeah, it's a good word. Mm. And I think one of the things that I would say to people who are like, why why do I feel like I'm stuck in this season and I'm not progressing in who I am and my character and my development? I, I would say, who are you accountable to? Who are you building with in community? Because part of that sacrifice where you're talking about, like, are we gathering? Sometimes people gather because they just want to receive. They just want to be the consumers, and they don't realize that the body of Christ is built together. That's what the word says. You're built together, and that word means there'll be a peace for you, but there will be a peace through you for someone else, and a lot of times um, there's people who have devalued community, and they think community is just a generic kind of community with whoever. No, there's special community with those you are called to. It will not always feel amazing. It will not always feel like, oh, these people have something for me. Mm-hmm. But there will come a time when you will need them and they will need who are you, who you are called to be because you're built together in your holy faith. Yeah. And I would encourage people, it's time to invest in community and accountability and not just with your peers. Well, let's back up here a little bit to something that you said, because really what you're talking about, when you're talking about community, you're talking about the life of the church. Now, like, I think like 50, 60 years ago, there was a real commitment to church. Like you were a sinner if you weren't in church, right? Like, and and then like, that was like the one pit or, or the one rut on the side of the road. And then like maybe 20, 30 years, it kind of swung and said, well, you, you know, you don't go to church, you are the church. Like in recognizing that like, the 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 church is made up of people like it's individuals it's not a building it's not a steeple it's not a you know a project or a program it's people and it's relationships and but in some senses it swung the whole way over to another rut which would be like i can be the church anywhere i am i'm gonna go now people say that when they're like i'm not going to church building (laughs) or i'm not part of a life group or i'm not part of anything committed because i am the church right like i am the church i don't i don't have to (laughs) go anywhere like i can just go out in the mountains and i I, you know i love the mountains personally but like i can just go and like hear god and do kind of my own thing and out out there and and i feel like that's almost like a a rut on the other side of the road where it's all about me 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 individualism and you know i can kind of search youtube and surf surf the internet for any message out there that i think feels good and it's kind of like eating spiritual junk food in that sense i mean i'm sure it's great messages out there but in the sense that like 
you know, we don't necessarily go where we are personally going to be challenged and not just challenged by a word, but challenged by relationships yeah. in life, you know. So we withdraw from relationships because it's just easier that way. It's not awkward. It's not hard. We don't have to rub shoulders with people mm-hmm. and we can just kind of have it our own way, you know, have it your way kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think, though, that there's going to come a balance back to saying like church is gathering. Like there is this element where church, the, to be the church, the church means the called out ones or the called together ones. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be in like a huge, you know, mega auditorium. It, it can be in a home. It can be somewhere. But there's this sense of community yeah. and gathering together. And that is the church. And that's what like our brothers and sisters in persecuted nations, they pay a high price to gather, just to gather, you know thinking of, of uh, you know our brothers and sisters in the underground church in China where you know they gather and they don't want to make they don't want to clap you know because it, it makes noise you know so they do you know they, they but they pay the price to come together to gather they risk their lives you know the churches in Iran they risk their lives to come together in secret meetings and and that's that because that is the church like we're not the church when we're just off on our own we're the church when we gather. You know, so we're part of the church, you know, as individuals, but we are being the church when we gather. And what those gatherings look like, hey, that's totally out there, you know, for the Lord to lead everybody in. But there is the element of coming together to encourage one another, to hear the word of the Lord, and to be able to share the word of the Lord and give encouragement and pray for one another and, and build each other up as the Bible talks about. Like that's the point, you know, not neglecting the gathering of the saints. I think that is this whole impression of gathering in community and also being vulnerable and open mm-hmm. because it's really easy to like go and kind of like gain surface connections. I like just skim the top for like six to eight months and then go to the next church and skim the top. But Deep relationships take time Mm -hmm. and it also takes vulnerability where you have to be saying like, this is really what's going on in my life. Yeah. I I like it when it's said this way. I heard it said this way and it just kind of stuck with me all these years is that real relationships are carved, like they're carved out, you know, it's not, which means like it's intentional. You got to, you know, you go through some challenges sometimes, like when you get close with somebody else, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing your buttons, you're pushing theirs, but like it's carved out. And we, we can often think of like the relationships that mean the most in our lives are many times those who we have like spent a lot of intentionality carving out and have grown in mutual appreciation of each other. Yeah. And so the reason I brought this whole thing up is because as you're sitting there with the Lord and you're saying, Lord, what was the last words you've given me? Is there a sacrifice on my altar? You know, am I withdrawing to pray and to hear you? Am I um, holding on in prayer where I'm supposed to pray things through? Or who are you calling me to be accountable with and build with in community? And have I, have I overlooked any of these areas? Mm. Have I neglected any of these areas? Have I been, you know, like a faithless servant? And just the thing is, if any of those things bring conviction, the beautiful thing is that you just say, Father, I my eyes are opened. I have seen what I've done. Just forgive me, Lord. Mm-hmm. And just if there's anything that I should pick up, Lord, just make it clear to me as I rest before you and as I receive from you. And write the word out and allow that word of God, when God corrects us, 
to bring us into alignment as we get ready to launch into a new year. Let's just pray about that for a moment. So, Father, we come before you, Lord, and we recognize that it's your heart to dwell with us, just like you walked with Adam in the garden, just like you walked with so many of our fathers and mothers of faith in Scripture and those who have championed your word uh, before us and generations before us. We recognize that, God, that it's your, your, your heart to be with us and to journey with us, but you want to journey with us together. And so, God, we just ask, Lord, uh, we recognize, Father, the tendency, the human tendency to want to distance ourselves from pain or discomfort or awkwardness. And Father, we come today in Jesus' name. We know, God, that you're calling us to walk together with a tribe, with a people, with our, uh, Father, with those who you've called us to walk with in the future. And so we just ask for grace. We ask, Father, for the intentionality and the strength, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace to drive us and to walk with us into this coming year in Jesus' name. Yeah, and we just pray as you prepare and receive from God that you don't have to see the way forward. That Mm. word of the just shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. And God is speaking things to you that might seem impossible, that you're like, Lord, I don't know how you're going to redeem this area or how you're going to redeem and speak into this word or how you're going to reach my child or how you're going to reach my city or whatever your dream is from the Lord. Mm -hmm. The, The thing is, is that when you say, okay, it's not my job to make it happen. It's just my job to come up and hear the Lord and then to just to say, okay, God, I've taken note of this and I have written it down. Mm-hmm. And whenever I come before you, God, for the next season until this burden lifts, I'm your son and daughter of faith. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, God, you have someone on earth agreeing with you as you are speaking in heaven and saying, mm-hmm. Lord, let your will be done in this area. And so for every place where it's felt barren and dry, Lord, every place where people are just like, God, are you really asking me to stand in faith? I pray that you would just be filled with hope in believing mm-hmm. and that the work that you're called to do, I can't do. But I can ask that you be encouraged and stirred up in your most holy faith as you sit before the Lord and as you just do the simple things that he's called you to do, knowing that because he's called you to do them, they are significant. Mm-hmm. They are important. Mm-hmm. They are a part of the work of the kingdom that he's called you to do. No one else can do your part. Sometimes we think, oh, someone else will do it. You do not know that that mantle will pass to another person. Mm-hmm. You might be the person God has chosen. And so just in this season, I just encourage you to be fully obedient with the simple things that God has called you to do and trust him in faith to see it come to pass. Amen. So that's how we're posturing our hearts. Yeah. That's how we're positioning ourselves heading into a new season, into a new year. Yeah. And so we just wanted to talk through that and kind of open up our process. And I'm sure that what is your process? Let us know uh, in the comments and share some of your process and what what God is leading you in in this coming year. Uh, As you kind of evaluate, you know, it's a natural time of evaluation and you're, you're praying through some things. What are some things that are encouragements to you? Yeah. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.